Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. How are you doing, special guest Andrew Miller? I am also doing great. I'm excited to be back. We're <laughs> glad to have you back. Um, I feel like a new boy, man. I do too. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you stuck with us through that last episode, um, we, you all deserve a certificate of merit. A of gold star. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a wild ride, but we got through it together. <laughs> I have a high ass hopes for these last couple of episodes. Like, I do too. My, I feel very strong about where we're heading. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah. these are the parts of the movies that the the movie that matters. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing up to this point has mattered. Yeah, really. It's all <laughs> really. It's all prologue to this. <laughs> I would call it exposition, but that's a strong word. It's an hour and a half of prologue. I I don't remember if I talked about this on another episode or not, but in a lot of ways, this movie makes me think about Back to the Future Two. Where, yeah. where alternate 1985 and 2015 didn't do a lot for me, but man, when they got back into the original movie and there were like two Marty McFly's running around and they're interacting with the plot of the first movie, like that was brilliant and, and saved the entire film. You didn't like that, the future, the now past of 2015? I mean, we, it was okay. Oh man. <laughs> I didn't like Michael J. Fox playing his own daughter it was weird to me. That was kind of weird. There were a lot of interesting choices in Back to the Future too, like like old Biff meeting young Biff, and like the and then the alternate uh, nineteen eighty five where uh, where Biff was Trump. Donald Trump. One hundred percent. It's yeah, it was all very strange, but that's not this movie. That's neither here. This nor movie is yeah. called Last Action Hero. Yeah, we're talking about Last Action Hero, overlooked uh, nineteen ninety three Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle. Yes. Um, you know, it had the, the misfortune of being ahead of its time and running head on into Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, um, you, but you're wearing a Jurassic Park t-shirt right now. Yeah. Not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> one of my, it's one of my top 10, like go-to movie. I could watch it every day. Probably Jurassic Park is oh, yeah. just amazing. Um, this movie, not so much, but <laughs> I'll try to sum up what's happened, uh, previously in the film. We've got Danny Madigan. He's a child from the real world who loves action movies, loves Arnold Schwarzenegger, and loves uh, Jack Slater movies in particular. So with the help of the friendly, magical sort of projectionist Nick, he's whisked into uh, the Jack Slater world using a, like a magic ticket. Um, he's sort of interacting in Jack Slater world. He's getting mixed up in the plot of the film. Um, they've sort of are trying to figure it out. His biggest challenge is trying to f convince Slater that it's a film. Right. Right. Yeah. Now there's a villain named Benedict 
he's the henchman of the main villain, but he seems to be the only one who's smart enough to realize something strange is going on. And here. he rules. So he is awesome. Is, so Charles Dance, Tywin Lannister. This had to be one of those roles that's so juicy to play. Yeah. You know, like you get well, to we've re- talked about it before. Anytime you get to play just a psych, like a psychotic person, but also yeah. someone who's just like Alan Rickman chewing the scenery. Strategically yeah. psychotic. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's, he's not, he's not off his rocker. He's evil, like venomous. Yeah. Venomous. Venomous. That's yeah. a great word. Yeah. Um, but basically Jack and Danny have figured out what the bad guys plot is within the Jack Slater movie. Right. <laughs> they've, they've gone, basically one mob family is trying to wipe out another mob family by like killing everyone at a funeral. So they've gone to where the funeral is and they're trying to, uh, to fuck up the plan basically. Right. And, and they, they got they, caught. They find, yeah, they find out like that, that, um, that <laughs> Salieri from Amadeus, F. Murray yeah, Abraham's Abraham. theory of practice is like, is, has fucked them over that he was somehow working for the mob, like helping facilitate this, this changeover from one family to the other, or like wiping one family out. And he, he turned on Jack and Danny at the last moment by doing the, what the fallacy of the over talking villain yes. that Ebert yeah. talks about a lot. <laughs> And, uh, and it's at that moment, like right as he's about to bust the cat that whiskers, the animated cat saved the day, uh, voiced by Danny DeVito, a friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger's. And so now, uh, Danny and, and Jack are free again to try to save the day at the funeral to defuse the bomb that's embedded within the body of Leo, the fart, Leo the fart. Did you guys get all that? <laughs> it doesn't really it doesn't really matter it doesn't it's, matter it, the movie, it doesn't matter you're right it's the hour the and a half the movie could prologue. pick up right now yep. and no one would care people would be like oh yeah, yeah yeah this is cool what's happening it doesn't matter so yeah the action picks up with um jack pointing towards a construction crane and telling danny like like in every movie like i feel like it's in robocop like uh-huh. Uh, like go, go work that, that crane. Go work that crane. It, it, it is like I don't. I don't know how to work the crane. You got two minutes to go learn how, real quick. <laughs> so Jack takes the elevator, an exterior elevator, which I always love. It either exterior elevators or elevators that are all like the uh, like overlooking a courtyard at uh, a yeah. hotel, like, like a glass, a glass elevator, yeah, like yeah. In the embassy suites. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or like at the, uh, this reminded me of the higher Regency in Savannah, Georgia. Anyway, they have one at the West End in Atlanta. Yeah, it's yeah. up to the, to the like rooftop bar it's as well. It's very, awesome. very chic. I um, found so, this location. So it's an elevator on the outside. This one is, well, I, I don't think I've ever seen. I can't think of a single instance of an elevator on the outside of a building that I've ever seen. I, I, I have been in one and I cannot for the life of me remember where it was. <laughs> If they existed at some point, they can't like they can't be building them anymore because it just seems recklessly no. unsafe. I agreed, agreed. But I found this hotel in the real world doesn't have that elevator on it. Like that was something that they put on it. I think for the film, God, which is why it looks kind of strange. How, like it doesn't yeah. quite belong there. Oh, you were saying you've researched you the hotel. Yeah, yeah the yeah. hotel. It, it it was something that they put on that building, I guess, for the movie. And it looks kind of shitty. Sure. Um. But all right. So Danny runs up, <laughs> runs up to the crane, waving a gun like a madman. The, <laughs> the crane operator, <laughs> like all of the construction workers and the crane operator, bail. They're like, "Fuck this." I don't know what the plan was. Was the plan to make the crane operator operate the crane? I think like he was going to try to like, yeah. Which is that's. <laughs> Dark. Um, so yeah, it's leaving Danny to to work the crane. Okay. Um, Danny starts moving levers 
with minimal success at first. Jack starts mm-hmm. like jostling his way up humorously <laughs> through the through the crowd at the funeral up towards Leo the Fart's he, corpse. He pulled on a baseball cap. Why? Was it to like try to disguise himself? Nothing says funeral etiquette like putting on your uh, cap so that you blend in. He's still wearing his suede jacket. And I think it's to not, I think it's so they wouldn't recognize him, but it almost makes him stand out more. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jack cries out as he gets to the coffin that, oh my God, he's not dead. He needs a doctor. So he like scoops <laughs> up the body and starts trying to like firemen carry him out of the funeral and all the mourners are like what the fuck's happening like one of one of the things that you skipped over though is that the bomb has been set by benedict yeah it's armed it's counting down by 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 pulling the finger finger. (laughs) (laughs) so stupid wouldn't yelling that there's a bomb have been a more effective thing than yelling this man is still alive and then trying to carry him out of there yeah just yell there's a bomb and everyone would you would think you run would, away, you scatter. would think that they would, um, but not these people. Instead, they pull out guns <laughs> and they're ready to go to war. Oh yeah, with this guy carrying out Leo's body. It's two mob families, um, of course they are all. Yeah, that shit was funny. Yeah, it was. when it was like grandmas and nuns. Yeah, hacking. That's when. That's where um, everyone and their mums got guns around here. And that is where Sven Ole Thorson that made his appearance. Okay. He seemed to be like the head henchman of maybe the Torelli family or gotcha, something. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, the crane suddenly like the hook of the crane swings through, like clears a path. Everyone starts to like scatter it and bounce then, right off Leo the fart's head. Right. I mean. it, it, like <laughs> <laughs> Jack crushed his skull. Following it. It's like cutting a path so that he can like follow to the edge of the building. And as all, all these mourners are getting ready to shoot him, he tosses Leo's body off the roof. <laughs> Everyone freaks out, but wouldn't you know it, the body gets caught on the hook of the crane. Of course. Danny sucks. It's a very um, well-stitched jacket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, hold, to hold the weight of Leo the fart, didn't, plus, the, plus the chemical bomb. They didn't skimp out on Leo's funeral. Or whatever it was no supposed way. to be. Um, yeah, so uh, everyone opens fire on Jack, who runs and jumps <laughs> off of the roof onto the top of the descent now descending elevator we get it's sort of like uh flashes of commando at this it's point kind of an awesome shot where yeah. he's like falling onto the roof of the elevator from inside but i don't know if you guys noticed when he hits the glass and the glass shatters the whole background changes like you see the hook of the crane now hanging above and you don't see the building anymore at all and it's like there must have been two different versions that they filmed of how it was that he of got onto the top of that elevator Probably. and Maybe. they just spliced them together. Like, we don't have time to explain <laughs> how this happens. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I noticed that because I always get so excited for this scene. It's the like iconic one that I associate with this movie. Oh, that's exciting. I feel like yeah, it was in the trailers, it was right? In the trailers. And I feel like it was on the original like VHS box cover. Like if you went to Blockbuster and you had to move the empty box out of the way to get the <laughs> like Blockbuster labeled box. That's the picture I remember um, seeing on that one. To get one of the 15 unchecked out copies of this movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and it may be on the NES game as well. So we see... Um, the helicopter that the practice was talking about is going to be there. This part of this or this funeral is going to have <laughs> helicopters that have everything. What like, is it? Okay. Is it? I mean, this, this helicopter is mounted with heavy machine guns, like right. a mini gun on one side. Is that civilians don't have that can't have that. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, don't know. Think. I, I, I wouldn't put it past like a, cartel to have a helicopter mounted with heavy machine guns i don't know maybe anyway yeah. what do you think andrew 
Uh, it's, yeah. the, it's the mob. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this helicopter mounted with machine guns like circles around. Jack shoots out the glass of the elevator that may or may not have already been busted out at one point. Yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> inside the elevator. Um, as the helicopter preparing to open fire, the doors open and there's like an army of gunmen. And again, it's like, I feel like so many Arnold movies have this like elevator scene with gunmen like on the outside of the It's uh, diehardish as well. Like, but where did those men come from? Why were they on the 14th floor or whatever? They took the stairs. They're running down. <laughs> None of the action know. in this entire series, like from the funeral makes any sense. Like it's no, just, no, no, it's no. just like meaningless opportunities for stylistic shooting. Um, yeah. Which I don't know if that is an artistic choice or was just like phone it in. Let's, have some stunt moves and shoot guns and we'll call this set. <laughs> like no one will pay any attention. I feel like it's phoning it in. It's like, they were like, this is, it's supposed to be ludicrous. No one yeah. cares how they suddenly That's one get of those there. Where do we care? Or is it, is it on purpose or is it sloppy filmmaking? What yeah. we, what we wish is that, is that the movie had doubled down and they're like, it, like it, to, to explain it, like Danny had been there and be like, how the hell did these people get down this many flights? Why are you even on this floor? Like this, to, to like, to yeah. comment on yeah. it. This know? bit is like a continuity nightmare because oh, when yeah. he goes off the roof, it seemed like he fell at least four or five stories down. But then that, but then he's on the top floor again. Right. And the elevator was moving <laughs> down when he fell onto it. It was falling down. This <laughs> was falling down. Get down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm with you guys. I wish there was something more to distinguish between like, this is supposed to be camp and this is supposed to be real world. Cause ultimately it's all supposed to be camp. We're all supposed yeah. to be in on the joke that this could not happen in real life. And there's plenty of doses where they get it right. So yeah. it makes the ones where they don't get it right. Feel like, is this a mistake on purpose yeah. or I, I really do. I think if, if they get a second chance to like boot this up and do it right with like the rock or somebody that I'm they really do it. Yeah. I think I, I, yeah, I would be too. Yeah. So anyway, the army of gunmen outside the elevator, Jack hits the deck. The gunmen get wiped out by the helicopter that opens fire. Just like, yeah, destroys the building, which is a pretty great, like just, I love fire. Yeah. Like the, the minigun shooting is just destroying yeah. everything in its path. Whatever movie it is. It's awesome. Yeah. Like in uh, like in the Matrix or like Predator yeah. or uh, Terminator 2. Yeah. So as the helicopter then locks in on Jack and I kind of like that effect, like uh, Danny swings the crane in, bumps the tail rotor. The helicopter like <laughs> spins away out of control. But the, the elevator, which has been da badly damaged, begins to like fall, <laughs> fall off of the side oh, of the yeah. building, which, which I kind of buy because I think a minigun would literally like destroy oh, the yeah. integrity of anything that it shot up. The infrastructure could not could not I, sustain that. I do feel like it's pretty easy for a helicopter to crash. Like I feel like getting bumped in your tail rotor by a crane would crash it yeah. period. Like, I don't know that you could recover from that. Have you, have you guys even flown in a helicopter before? I've ridden in one on a awesome. tour in, um, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I want to, I never Ooh, have got a, got a good view of the smoky mountains from up there. Huh? Got a good view of, like the strip in Pigeon Forge. I don't even know if we <laughs> Dollywood. saw all yeah. we you saw was Dollywood like the fucking Dixie Stampede. Down you, saw, you saw a million go-kart go tracks and pancake houses. <laughs> that is exactly right. That's all we saw. That's all that's there. The every every third place is laser tag. So you get it's some the, it's like a the fucking truth, man. Um, yeah. So Jack falls, uh, but Danny swings the crane back through 
Jack grabs onto Leo the fart's leg. We see there's only one minute left on the timer. Um, he swings the crane over. I guess we're right next to the La Brea tar pits. And again, I wish it, like which, at some point Danny would be like, well, that's convenient. Which incidentally, the La Brea tar pits are nowhere near Long Beach. Or, or like, anything. It's like, 30, it's like 30 miles away. So, I, But I think it was one of those things where they're just like, LA people get that this is not Fuck how it is. It. There also aren't uh, animatronic dinosaurs. Yeah, that part. The La Brea Tar Pits. <laughs> that part cracks me up to see, like, is that just like movie world props or is that like to make fun of the fact that people travel out to the La Brea Tar Pits, which is just a big, like, cesspool, natural occurring. Oh, my um, God. That's so stupid. So Jack and Leo's corpse fall off the crane hook <laughs> into the tar. Danny has booked it down from the crane. It's just been like seconds later. Yes. <laughs> runs up, scattering the crowd by shooting wildly. <laughs> this is just a child shooting a gun. And and mm-hmm. again, like at, at this point, it's like he knows he's not going to do any damage. And it, I is guess. That, is that his, he's like, if I shoot this gun, people are going to scatter. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I, again, uh, yeah, but Jack swims through the tar to safety just as the bomb go off. We see like this bubble blow up in the middle of the tar, but it doesn't burst. And we get the great. I, this is actually one of the lines that I like a lot from from uh, Jack is a silent but deadly. <laughs> um, <laughs> this part just reeks of all of the family friendly kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Or yeah. maybe I shouldn't say family friendly. All of the stuff that was meant to appeal to children that just seems out of place. Agreed. With everything else that's going on, like <laughs> fart jokes and the tar pit thing and, you know, all like it just doesn't it's incongruent. It's just hard to reconcile all of it. Like a three ninjas or Bill and Ted yeah. situation like this feels like more like that kind of. Yeah. Vibe. Don't begrudge. Yeah. Bill, don't besmirk Bill and Ted. That is our. <laughs> well, that's true. But this this movie doesn't hold a candle. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Alas, um, poor Leo the far. We hardly knew you. I know. Yeah. Danny informs Jack that the helicopter crashed on top of his car. <laughs> he, says, he says, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. um, Jack somehow has found like just a roll of paper towels or yeah, like, right outside. There, right was, outside there was the a paper pit. towel dispenser there. That's so stupid. <laughs> uh-huh. For cleaning your hands <laughs> off like, if you dip your hands see, in the See, that's one of those things where it needed to be drawn attention to the fact of how ludicrous, like why is there a paper towel dispenser here? Yeah, throw yeah. that Acme brand not, on it just to call out the yeah, fact that like, yeah. yes, this is a plant. Yeah, and so Danny even comments, it's like, you're just, that's, it's awfully easy for you to like wipe the tar off of you right now. Yes. Yeah, um, his whole face is, this is clean where, with just like a couple of wipes of a paper towel. It's so ridiculous. This scene, and it kind of works for me again now because they've, they've struck the right tone yeah. of drawing attention to how crazy it is where he's like, you know, tar sticks to most people yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. And when Whitney rolls up, like she just drives straight through like the wrong way. <laughs> she cuts across lanes of the highway and through the fence. Yeah, a fresh car, change of clothes for Jack. Um, Danny, rightfully skeptical of all of this, pointing out like what a nor- like a like a person in this situation would actually say. Like this is all very, very, very convenient. <laughs> She's like, I heard you were here. Thought you could use some clothes. Okay, heard from who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now now we're very- back on track of like calling out all of the plot holes in yeah. this thing. She heard it on the radio from federal people. Her truck was sweet though. That I truck l- kicks that ass. Thing was rad. Yeah. I don't know if the flames on the side would like. I it might be sweeter without it, but it still was like rad with the Casey lamps and Probably everything that way you have yeah. to, you can't you can't choose an option without the flames <laughs> it was a straight out like a matchbook 
you know, a matchbook car, a yeah. matchbox, oh, yeah. matchbox car, matchbox car you totally. play with. Rad. So, so we get a cut to uh, the Vivaldi mansion where Anthony Quinn, the Don Vivaldi, is begging Benedict. <laughs> He's like, please come down here and tell me if my plan works. He's like just <laughs> salivating to know. I got to know. His little like, swim up bar is awesome. It, it, that house, every dude. like a, that gr- that swim up grotto to the bar <laughs> yeah. is the fucking coolest thing. Cool. Is the balls amazing? The balls. Um, yeah, Benedict checks to make sure that the magic ticket portal's like still working. Um, goes down and like is sort of a humoring Vivaldi at first and like telling him, oh yeah, it was a smack. It was a success. Everything. He's telling went, him about like exactly. women and children being dead. This is the greatest great thing that ever happened. He's like, no, you fucking idiot. It didn't work. And then like, again, like calls him out on all his malapropisms before he shoots him dead in the pool with his giant gun. And yes. then in just a brilliant bit. And then when I, when I, read that he wrote a lot of his lines i wondered if he really got to have fun with this bit where he breaks the fourth wall and like looking right at the camera and delivering this whole like monologue uh speculating that if he's able to jump through dimensions in and out like danny that he'll be impossible to catch and he can do anything he wants to this is the bit where the movie really works yeah like when he realizes that he's in a movie and he no longer has to be a henchman to someone who like he's smarter than, mm-hmm. yeah, and what and you have to think that it, there, there's a big like um, sociopathy element here because a normal person would be devastated to discover that they were not real. Benedict seems to be completely fine with the prospect that he is a a property, <laughs> you know. I mean, we we could get crazy meta and really question whether or not he's not real or whether his reality just runs parallel to another reality. And I'm into the multiverse concept. The realization yeah. that he can cross from one reality into the next, because clearly like all of these shots weren't intended for Jack Slater four. So it seems to imply not to get too deep yeah. into the stupidity of this movie. No, oh, come we on, get, it, get in there. I want to get real deep. Yeah. But like it, it seems to imply that there is like, you know, when you're a little kid and you imagine that there's like another universe that exists inside the TV and that they're just people like acting on the TV kind of thing. And then they like uh-huh. go home and, you know, rest while their their show's not on. Um, <laughs> that like so, that kind of reality running parallel to our own, where he can cross in from one to the other. Yeah, I like the multiverse idea. Now, there's another thing I want to talk about from this moment. Now, we previously and mercifully had decided that when there's a goof in Slater World, like we're going to assume that it's intentional, yeah, yep. or something that you know is. But in this shot where he's talking to the camera. There, you can clearly see the reflection of the camera and the camera crew and the windows behind him. That's awesome. And is that an accident? Like some people I've read online have theorized that once he realizes that he's in a movie, that he's all of a sudden able to, that he can see that there's a camera crew there. Interesting. And, and that us being able to see the crew there is like an intentional thing, like, I don't know, like once you're aware that you're in the Matrix and all of a sudden the rules of physics no longer apply. That would have been amazing if McTiernan had ended up in this shot. I mean, somebody, there was like a guy, there was a few camera guys. Yeah. Someone carrying cable and like, it's pretty amazing. I'm going to call bullshit on that one though. Yeah. You think it was not on purpose? (laughs) You think it was just a goof? Well, it's too, it's almost too smart. It's too small of a thing. Like if it had been intentional, they needed to call, like have it happen more frequently or yeah well this would be the first moment that someone realizes other than danny i guess that's they're true. in a movie yeah i don't know i feel like that's too much credit 
I'd- there's also the aspect where maybe it would have worked better, like to have taken that to an extreme, like if Danny had been able to point out to Jack, like, look, there's a film crew right here. And then all of a sudden, you know, it snaps Jack out of it. Yeah. If there was, yeah, but- if there was a fourth wall that Danny could see also that he could break, yeah, but- then- but the, this, I think that the plot of this is that he is in the movie reality. He's not at the filming of the movie. He is in the movie. Has he poked his head through to see what's on the other side of the portal yet? Like, they, they didn't show it, but I don't. Think I would he think he would have. He's just put his hand through at this point because yeah. he. So he doesn't know it could be anything. Right. It strikes right. me. I, it strikes me. The thing that I imagine it being like is like the holodeck on Star Trek, where like it's uh-huh. completely immersive. There's no camera, but like you're you're position to move around but like I, right. I just don't see a situation where like the cameraman popping up would be like oh you're realizing that you're in the it just yeah it doesn't like the where like the danger room in x-men where <laughs> where did those people come from like do they have right. to travel back yeah. through the wall also to get to the <laughs> yeah, into absolutely. real existence no, like they they're just stay. i don't know they're in the yeah, alternate reality also this is a this is a good point yeah i i want to say this movie would have made more of it would have made it more clear that we were supposed to see the camera crew. I think right. if we were supposed to have seen it. Yeah. But I also think that it probably was lazy filmmaking that they were like, well, you know what? It's supposed they probably had this like not this depth of conversation, but they're like, it's supposed to be a movie. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's too late. We're too far along in the process. Fuck it. <laughs> we're too far along. We've come too far. We spent all of our money on bullets That's and right. a helicopter. Well, it's at that exact moment as Benedict is sort of celebrating to himself that Jack bursts right through the fucking wall in Whitney's truck, <laughs> which he was high up. Like, yeah. Like came through like an the upper truck would have level. had to come up through like twenty feet off the ground. An upper somehow. level and like crashed down. I love that Benedict just sort of like stays seated, not <laughs> really concerned with this, because at this point I think he's probably like this is this is not quote unquote real. So it's like he's not he's not sweating anything. He's not sweating it. Yeah. Yeah. So like Jack punches Benedict for blowing up Frank's house, um, then slaps his wrist for blowing up his ex's house, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then throws him across the room for giving Whitney a black eye. Right. Um, then Benedict uh, crashes into uh, Professor uh, Toru Tanaka. Sure. Yeah. And, and then they both pass through the portal in the wall. Jack rightfully is confused. Danny knows what's going on and explains that the bad guys at this point have legend of like, we've gone linked to the past. <laughs> like We've traveled into the light world. Uh, <laughs> we passed into the other world and we've got to go after him. So they walk through the wall together. So Danny is like, yeah, he's poking his arm through the, through the portal and telling him now this, we got to, t- so they're not holding a ticket yet. The portal is open. Right. Which is strange. Yeah. yeah. There's also, this was something that was talked about before. And in in the in the meantime, in between time, I've done some more thinking. <laughs> Andrew, Uh-oh. you made a really great point in a previous episode that we can accept the existence of the magical ticket. We don't need to know like why it works, right? Yeah, but there does need to be logic to how it works. Yeah, there need to be defining rules about the uh-huh. like extent of its working, but not like, how it works. <laughs> In a lot of ways, this movie is like Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we've got a kid who has like a relationship with an older kind of eccentric guy and the guy grooming him. The guy, <laughs> the guy wow. provides him with the means to get whisked into a world that's not his own. And he's got to figure out how to get back. Yep. 
now and you know, and back to the future, the plot device is a time machine and this movie is the golden ticket. Cool. But the time machine has rules. Like, did we did we question the science of how it works? No. No. We it just works. That's all yeah. that matters. We accept it the same way we can accept the ticket. Right. The same way with the movie Big. Like yep. we don't care how the fortune teller machine works. It just works. Yep. But in Back to the Future, like we know time circuits on yep. 88 miles an hour, 1.21 gigawatts. And that fucker is is going through time. Exactly. And it and in this it, it, <laughs> imagine it creates the plot like that we believe in, which is, oh, one of those three elements that we know belongs to it, even if we don't really need to know why one of those three things is not here. And therefore we have a problem. Imagine right. if the time machine had just been randomly transporting whenever it feels like it. Then you have Bill <laughs> in the then movie. You've got Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like when the antenna's broken. At least in that movie, something was broken. Yeah, like or, or quantum leap. Like I thought about in uh, in in part two, the lightning strikes the time machine and it whisks it to the old west, and it's like, well, that sort of just was a. A des what is it? What is it? Des ex machina. Yeah, yeah. Deus ex machina. De- ex machina. But in this movie, like it's just so lazy just to have it work whenever it's convenient for the plot. Yeah, we don't oh, know yeah. how long the portal stays open. It's sort of it, it. Also, another another movie with a similar thing is the uh, the key in Masters of the Universe, which eventually we're going to do <laughs> oh, the, cos- yeah. the cosmic key that opens a portal to another dimension. But the it's like the portal stays open, and it's like but again they're they're they never really explain the rules for how long the portal stays open. Why is Skeletor able to get like his entire <laughs> army into like into our dimension? How does he get it to stay open? And then, in, and then like in another scene when he man and the rest of the people are going from, from attorney to earth, it's like, you got to get the, get through the fucking portal. Cause it's just going to close. Yeah. I've spent the rules. I spent a lot of time like trying to think like maybe anytime a character in the movie is holding the ticket and the portal is open, but, is it that particular wall in Vivaldi's mansion or would it be any wall that he touched? There weren't any, like, there just weren't so any much. walls when Danny went flying through with the dynamite. He landed in he a have car fallen through the, That's he would have fallen through the floor and then, or something. And then, and then when Danny took it out while they were in the car and nothing happened. Yeah. He it's like, when, yeah, when does it work? It just, and they tried to, to bail themselves out and act yeah. one by saying, Oh, it has a mind of its own. But bullshit. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very lazy. Maybe it use. works only on flat surfaces, like a movie screen or a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll buy that. But at any rate, right? Jack is like starting to believe. Yeah, and he's hesitant. He's not sure how he's going to be able to get back. Neither are we. Yeah. So they've like <laughs> they've like fallen to the floor into the movie theater. Before they go um, through, though, it's almost like Danny tells him, you know. Um, Jack is questioning like what what's happening is that where he gets the nitpicking line is that where he says like nitpicking about every detail yeah and I, yeah. yeah and Danny's Danny basically tells him shut up and enjoy the die hard go through the yeah, does. <laughs> it doesn't matter exactly. get through there it's like life's too short to nitpick everything and, and again we've discussed that that's this movie's we have uh, to agree yeah, with it should that. have been the tagline so they fall into the floor of the movie theater and then you can like see up on the movie screen the carnage of Vivaldi's house yeah um, and do we think that has the has what we've been watching been is that playing? what's been playing on the screen in the theater i think so i think that that's what that's what we're supposed to suppose okay is that they've just fallen out of what was happening on screen i think that they hope we don't think about it 
Cause it, as soon as you start thinking about it and questioning that, like it, it's going <laughs> to blow your mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, also wasn't there a big explosion in the theater when Danny yeah. went through yeah, destroyed, destroyed <laughs> well, a couple of bums. Dynamite. the bundle of dynamite went off and now the theater seems there fine. should be, there should be bum corpses everywhere, <laughs> like homeless bodies. Um, so they, they, they look up and see Benedict and Toru Tanaka fleeing the theater. Um, they like, Exit onto the street. Jack is immediately confused that they're in New York, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Danny says, I can explain it later, but I got to tell saying? you, things are going to work differently what here. He says, I love this. Danny says, it all makes sense. Well, actually, it doesn't make any sense at all, but yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. they go on. That's a great line. Yeah. Uh, so Benedict car- carjacks a taxi driver, and they drive off. Um, Jack shoots at the cab as is like speeding off. It's like surprised that the car doesn't just like burst into flames. <laughs> yeah. Explode. Uh-huh. This is where the movie like really starts working. And that, it, and, and he seems surprised too, that he ran out of bullets. Right. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think he's saying like the car must be bulletproof because <laughs> it didn't, because it didn't blow up. Right. <laughs> like, he, he like walks up and punches through a car window a la Terminator mm-hmm. a la, I mean, so many movies and yeah. uh, like they take chase. He's like, that really hurt. Like shocked <laughs> that his hand hurts. Um, he like, they trap the bad guys in an alley, which setting up another chicken scenario. And Danny's like trying to warm. He's like, it's not going to work like it does in the movies, but Jack is not having it. Um, Danny, got, I love Danny gets out of the car. Jack crashes head on into the taxi. That was a spectacular crash. Yeah. yeah where the cars like jump up in the air. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was shit was so real. I mean, you could see the cables on the alleyway, like yeah. that were pulling them towards each other or whatever, but it's still very, very, very was cool. pretty, it was but cool we do one. have to call. I feel like now we're in the real world. We have to call out the goofs now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're not in Slater world anymore. So when we can see the cables in the road, that's not an intentional. Yeah, that's not okay. Thing. Yeah, that's not okay. Um, so Danny like rushes up as Jack's like falling out of the cab. Complaints. They're really hard. He's like, I love that. <laughs> like, like I feel like um, Schwarzenegger really like like was playing this well he played yeah. this good yeah. like how annoyed he was that like he was feeling physical pain <laughs> like god damn it um we see like a motionless body on the hood of the cab like Aww. that came out of the windshield that's, yeah, that's 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 sad um danny's like berating jack for being stupid but jack points out that he's like no i did it on purpose i, I knew that their car had airbags and and the cab didn't like i knew our right. car had airbags yeah. and the cab didn't he knew the make and model of the, it was like a mercury or something like that it was on some like fucking my cousin Vinny shit yeah he's a he's a, a motorhead apparently oh yeah uh then danny urges him to check to make sure that they're dead mm-hmm. by them the villains um Jack's like, nah, they're definitely dead. <laughs> what? Danny's like pleading with him. Refer- and he references Die Hard. He references um, like Alexander Goodenough. Yes. Uh, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Carl. He's like, he was hanging there. He looked, you know, and then he was back at the end. And then the Die Hard music starts playing. It's and so the score good. is fucking brilliant. The music is the uh, thing that they just really aced the entire time. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that yeah. they did flawlessly. Maybe that's where he, all their budget went. A, a brilliant uh, film score writer. Uh, then, yeah, the, the butler's dead. Benedict's gone. Jack is bewildered. But then he freezes in his tracks when he sees a huge Jack Slater 4 billboard. Um, he, Amazing moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like one, of the, like, stand, the one of the standout meta moments of the movie is like when he sees his own, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater. And again, this is, this is where you know, we talk about this is where the movie starts to work. And I'm reminded again of that, the article that we were talking about earlier where the guy was talking about how it's like Schwarzenegger's never playing a character. It's, it's short. Yes. Like the character is, you know, is 
Schwarzenegger. It's it, you know, it, yeah, the is, character becomes Schwarzenegger. He right. doesn't become the yeah, character. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, Watching so, it this time, I wanted. I realized at this moment that what I wanted it to be now was for that dynamite explosion to have thrown Jack through the screen and have him live real world life. The whole movie for most that of the movie. Much, and I then feel like that would have been Danny's more compelling. task be to get him back into his own timeline. It, this is much more interesting and he could get mixed up in some sort of a plot that's going on in real world. Yeah. In the meantime. So he yeah. has like all of his Jack Slater skills to solve crimes, but none of the like advantages he would have in Jack Slater world. That struck me as a more compelling movie. It's like uh, what I think a crocodile Dundee where they sort of split it 50, 50, uh-huh. like in Australia and New York. Right. Like they could have at least split it more of a 50, 50 split. Yeah. Um, yeah. Danny's trying to explain. Oh, so he gets him back to the theater and they find Nick and he explains to Nick that the ticket, the golden ticket was in fact magical and it <laughs> took him into the movie Nick sees Jack and thinks he's Schwarzenegger. He's like, I'm a huge fan, but Danny's like, no, 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 no. That's not like, this is actually, this is Jack Slater. Yeah. And, and Nick says, oh my gosh, I've never met a fictional character. <laughs> this must be very new. And ex- I like, he's trying to like empathize <laughs> with the movie yeah. character. He's like, yeah. this must be new and exciting for you. But Jack's like, and rightfully so. And again, this is where we get into like the multiverse thing. Jack's like lamenting the fact that he's imaginary. And all the his pain whole and everything, like losing his son, had just been for entertainment. Yeah, it's like all my PTSD was not real. Like even though it felt real to me, it was something that someone wrote and made up. Um, Nick says there are much worse things than the movies, and and hopes that they can get the magic ticket to get him back, so uh-huh. that he can go to the movie, go to the movie world, and leave his real world troubles behind. <laughs> He's, he is like a fuck you guys. I just want that ticket for myself. Yeah, I want to, that gift I gave you. I want it back. Yeah, for real. Did you guys write down or, or notice the things that he said that were worse than movies? I noticed he mentioned politicians several oh, yeah. times. Politicians twice. Politicians, yeah. wars, forest fires, famines, plague, sickness, pain, warts, and politician are <laughs> the things that come to mind like right off the top of his head, which some of them are like socio-political things, and then there's lots that just seem to deal with just him being an vanity. old man. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's just like, yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> receding hairlines. Impotence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, low sex drive. So, uh, um... Danny then tells him that Benedict, the villain, came through and that he has the ticket. Nick points out that Jack's not going to be able to get back through. Nick seems to know a rule that we, I don't know, whatever. He's not going to be able to get yeah, back without he got the through, ticket. He got through without the ticket. Right, yeah. just then. Yeah. Fucker. Um, <laughs> Go test it. Danny takes, yeah, it's like, but then, then we get a, a pretty cool bit where Danny takes Jack back to his apartment and it's uh-huh. like, just follow my lead. Um, uh, Mercedes rule is furious mom. Uh, but Danny tries to like calm her down by introducing <laughs> a, a, her to his new friend. Jack steps out and introduces himself as Arnold Braunschweiger, uh-huh. <laughs> which is delicious. Go get yourself some Braunschweiger. Um, <laughs> and then meanwhile, in some of the coolest bits of the movie, uh-huh. uh, Benedict is exploring the streets of New York. Um, he hears the sounds of like, people like screaming and shouting and gunshots and like, give me that. Like, like something's happening. And then he's like surprised. He's like looking around he like runs to the sound, but no one is alerted. No one cares yeah. when they hear the gunshots or hear like the, the person like lying, see the person like there, lying. On there the was ground. like, yeah, there was like a shoe, a shoe, a, jack, a shoe jacket, yeah. mm-hmm. which is such an article of the nineties. Yeah. yeah. Like that you don't really think of anymore, but there was also like the, the, 
the hooker or whatever that just comes up and propositions him. Right. It's like I've never seen that in the real world That's before. That's why I thought this, <laughs> this all took place in Hell's Kitchen because if, if you pause it on the Amazon, the special features will tell you that she's the Hell's Kitchen hooker. <laughs> is her, is her <laughs> character he walked name. His, I don't know how close Hell's Kitchen is to Times time Square. Time, time Square? Uh, I mean, it's... It's it's some blocks. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a it's yeah. southwest from Times Square. And it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that Benedict would have been like walking around just like soaking yeah. it all in. So he oh, could have been yeah. there in like 30, 40 minutes. I mean, this whole like segment is again proof that this mo- movie was marketed towards children, but was not intended for children because you right. see a dead no. child on the floor without his shoes, and right. you see a man get propositioned. Hookers, and I love Benedict like realizing how friendly the real world is yeah. to villains. Oh yeah. Because it kind of is. He's like, he's he's intrigued by the fact that no one comes. There are no sirens, no nothing when this person is shot. And he like finds his way into like a garage, yeah. some space like he's that. He's like, excuse downtown. me, sir. I'd like to ask you a question. The guy's like, yeah, yeah, what can I, what can I do for you? And they like just guns the dude down and is shocked that no one seems to care. Uh-huh. He's like, I've just shot somebody. <laughs> I've just committed a murder. And I did it, I on, did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. That that's one of my it's favorite so, lines of his in the whole movie. And he's amazing. Like the, the neighbor or whatever, the person off screen, Shay, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with his with his British accent like that, it sounds like street theater. And of like yes. so of course they ignored him. Like yeah. they were probably like Shakespeare in the park shit. yelling shit on the street for attention. <laughs> It is some stuff that if you if you ever go to the Instagram account, what is New York or subway creatures and they just show like <laughs> they, they show so many like people shooting music videos and shit does all uh, photo shoots in weird places all over the city. And then they'll be like, hey, Internet, hook us up with the finished product. And within hours they'll have they'll have the finished product and then they're like, the Internet's amazing. But that's what I imagine this is like <laughs> New York is just f- filled with. Like eccentric fucks that are just like uh-huh. out there doing stuff like this, and and then the other half are like the regular people that are just like stop, stop it. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a movie we'll never talk about on this podcast. But did you guys both see Planet Terror from like Grindhouse? I the, did um, not. I haven't either. There's this thing. Oh well, you guys should both watch that immediately. But there's this moment where this woman's been attacked and she's in the middle of the road, like trying to flag down cars, and some car drives by and you just hear a voice yelling from it's in the car. Get out of the road, you bitch. <laughs> and it's just like, that's what this shit reminded me of. It's like, hey, shut up down there. It also reminds <laughs> like, me of um, just assholes. It's like, hey, fuck you. Yes. Fuck you, too. <laughs> you coming to America like, like that vibe. <laughs> Absolutely. So we get a huge smile, a lascivious grin from Benedict, who could not the be Cheshire happier. Cheshire grin. Yeah. So <laughs> Danny wakes up next morning, we assume. Here's Jack and his mom just laughing at up yucking it up in the other room they bang seems like he's like yeah did did you guys did you guys even sleep it's like morning you think they do you think they actually hooked up and they got fully clothed up again i guess nah, you I, think, would. I think that they've been up like this is the first night that jack's ever actually spoken with a woman in real life <laughs> but she was clearly like macking on yeah him. this oh, is yeah. jack's first opportunity so yeah there Big was a, a great line that she had said where she's like well you do look just like him but you're clearly much smarter right <laughs> which is funny <laughs> putting him down that's funny yeah um <laughs> Jack has told mom that he's a cop and Danny was down at the station all night looking at mugshots. So he covered for him, which was swell. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack is dismayed. Wait, has, well, this motherfucker just introduced himself as Arnold Braunschweiger. Braunschweiger right. Now he's like saying he's someone else. Did he just say, oh, sorry, we were just goofing on no, you, mom. It's different. They, they, have, yeah, they have different names. Right. <laughs> 
So Jack's dismayed to learn that Danny has no friends and disobeys his mother, which is hysterical, <laughs> like the scolding. He's yeah. like, you skip school. Uh, Danny is, Danny's dismayed, though, that his mom had turned Jack Slater into a wimp. Yeah. To like said. A, yeah. Um, Jack says he's never like talked to a woman before. And it was neat. It was neat. <laughs> I've never just talked to a woman. Has it always either been rescuing them or, or banging them or killing them? Like <laughs> yeah, Sharon Stone I, in I, Total I, Recall. I assume he had like a very James Bond type of existence. Uh-huh. <laughs> never, either, he's never spoken to a woman that wasn't Money Penny or his daughter in this case. Right, so. Or someone trying to kill him. Um, so mom is trying to tell Danny he's grounded for a while, but Jack's like, no, nah, I need his help to catch a home invader, which, mm-hmm. okay. What mother would be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Go for Makes it. Sense. Also um, the Mo- the Mozart's playing in yeah, the kitchen I love there. That the, like when, so when they come first through that, there's some, some Mozart playing and then it like switches over to like the overture for marriage of Figaro. And, and he's like, like, what is this? And she's like, Mozart and he's like I like he's like I like this that's awesome I he's like, that, but didn't he reference the thing yeah. oh Mozart yeah, yeah it's, which it's is pretty awesome because he's Austrian yeah, it's come full circle that yeah. practice killed <laughs> the guy <laughs> yeah, practice exactly. killed yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I do like this uh, so on top of the we cut to yeah on top of the Empire State Building um, Jack and Danny are doing a little sightseeing <laughs> and Jack's wondering if the magic ticket's going to allow Benedict to jump in and out of other movies. Funny, funny, funny you should ask. Yeah, funny, yeah. funny you should mention that. <laughs> we cut to a diner, which we'll have to get into like a, I would love to get into a conversation at some point about the diner's place, not only in popular culture, but in the creative process uh-huh. for, for movie, for filmmakers in general um, and for writers. But anyway, uh, we cut to Benedict is in fact in a diner trying to convince the movie character, the Ripper, uh-huh. played by uh, what Tom What's his name? Noonan. Tom Noonan. Noonan. Yes, Noonan. thank you. Yeah. Uh, to come, come help me kill the real life Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you can escape being trapped in a Jack Slater movie forever. But this made me wonder: is he is he inside Jack Slater three right That's now? That's what I wondered as well. Or did he go in get? Ripper and bring Did he him already to the bring real, him out. I think that he went into the movie and brought Ripper into the real world. Okay. I also think either, that yeah. either way, the movie, it continues to fascinate, but also did he, so he's jumped into a Jack Slater three world prior to the Ripper knowing what's happened on the rooftop in the finale of the film. Mm-hmm. Right. So guess, that'll come up later in the movie yeah. when he does seem to know what's going to happen late. What's what's meant to have happened on the rooftop. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, yeah. Or has he lived as a like Groundhog Day where he's living it over and over I think again? Pro- yeah, I want. Yeah, that's you, interesting. You have the memory Very. of doing it once if you have to cycle back to the beginning. That's an interesting right. take. Um, Very. The other wow. thing that I asked of my of this was, could Benedict conceivably leave the real world and enter Jack Slater three over and over again and create an army of rippers. And if so, why didn't he? Mm. Cause that would have like really upped his, upped his hand. <laughs> it's pretty, this is, I don't know. Usually like this movie is turned awesome all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Usually movies like have third act problems, but this is a movie where everything's yeah. been a shit show up until the third act. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, it's become amazing. Everything's come together now. Yeah. It's like it's like one of those freshman classes where they're trying to weed people out. The first two act, they were like, "Fuck you guys, you get sick. out of here." If you stay to act three, though, you really deserve to be paid off. 
and it's kind of like this this uh, series of podcasts. If you made it through episode three, congratulations, because episode four has been kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then and then just to double down on the fact that the Ripper, like that, this is a, a win win for the Ripper. He puts down a newspaper that's advertising Jack Slater four to convince him. It's like the proof, yeah. Right. And that and that is where intrepid listeners, we're gonna leave you. <laughs> It's been an awesome journey. I love this. It has. From Leo the fart to traveling to the real world Mm -hmm. to I've just shot somebody and I did it on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm excited to bring it on home. Yeah, Yeah, let's do it. It's going to be good times. We hope you guys are enjoying it uh, all around the world. Australia, everybody else. We love you guys. And uh, we'll We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back.